Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, March third, two thousand twenty-two. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to doing this podcast every day, Monday through Friday. Well, Justin and I do. I used to do it every day for years and years and years and years. Um, now Justin helps me a lot, and I do appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm always careful to give you straight and unbiased answers. I don't, we're not here to to have some kind of goal or hidden agenda to make you do stuff or convince you to come with us as an, as our registered investment advisor. No, we don't do that. We try to provide information. I think we do a decent job at it. We're not perfect, but we do give you the facts. We have no bias one way or another. So this is a call-in show. I'm looking forward to your calls, and we do this every day. And we take your questions so you drive the show in the direction that you want to go. It's my goal to help you understand the current environment we're in and how to avoid the pitfalls of this volatile market. We are in a very volatile market. Uh, If you're talking about the NASDAQ, we are in a bear market. We're not in a bear market, the S&P 500, the Dow, even though it's they're very weak. They're just not uh, the definition of bear market is as a twenty percent fall from the height, okay, from a peak. So we have fallen more than that, a little bit more than that in the Nasdaq, the growth stocks, but not in the other parts of the market, not yet. So we're going to talk about the market and what happened in April and a little more details here, but that's what that's what we're here for. I'm here to help you understand what's going on so you can be smarter about your investments. Okay, there's all we'll talk about, you know, the your personal financial future and how to grow it, how to protect it, how to, you know, try how not to be fearful of the market. Yeah, markets fall, markets go up, they fall and go back up. But generally speaking, the stock market goes up pretty steadily over the last 20, 30, 40, and the last 100 years up, up. And that average is between, oh, if you're counting the dividends, about 9, 10, 11%, somewhere in that range per year. Now, obviously, it's not that steady per year. It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. That's how it acts. You just have to understand how it acts and try to take advantage of that. And for most people, taking advantage of it means don't panic out of the market. Don't panic out. And don't panic in either. 
I'm more worried about people panicking out the market right at the bottom. And then as the market turns around and starts to shoot up, they panic in. They, they're losing money. They don't understand why. It's because you're your re, it's your reaction to the market volatility. So we have to learn how to do that. We have to learn how to deal with it. So I tell, I'm telling you, we'll get, we, you know, we start off our mission statement every day, independent thinking and shared success. And that goal for the reason why we mention that every day is we have a particular goal in mind. I mean, the reporting we provide, the uh, uh, analysis of the stocks you call about, the educational segments, all done without any bias and uh, giving you the facts. We, you know, if we tell you uh, its opinion, we'll tell you that's our opinion. But we look, we try to use the facts as we have them. We, we buy data from other sources and we use their facts. Now, you know, sometimes their numbers are wrong. I'm not always going to say they're right, but they're pretty consistent. And you have to start somewhere. And that's where we start when we start analyzing anything. So, remember, you get to drive the show. You can call me right now. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And if you can't get to me during the live show, you can always call that same number, 888-99-CHART, and leave the question. And we'll get to it on the next show, hopefully. 888-99-CHART. So let's go ahead and go to the first caller. We're going to go to Tom, who's in Kentucky. Hi, Tom. Hey, Steve. I got a question for you. Uh, my daughter called me earlier today, and she wanted to know she works for HCA Healthcare in some manner, which mm-hmm. is stock symbol HCA. She mm-hmm. said it's an open enrollment period. And she's got a chance to buy shares 10, 10% below cost in her 401k. And I just wanted to run that by you and see what you thought. Well, the company is a very big company, $65 billion. I would do that in a heartbeat. She's getting a 10% discount off the market price. And, uh, you know, so the market price is $216. So she gets she gets it for 190 something dollars. So uh, I would do that because, you know, it's just a discount. And, you know, it's a good way for her to start saving and investing her money. Now, she's got to be careful. She doesn't want to get, you know, five years from now, she doesn't want to have, you know, $100,000 in one stock. So, but to start off, yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would. Thanks, Steve. I really respect your opinion. Thank you for the call. I mean, it's a big company, everybody. It's not going anywhere. It pays 1% dividend. They have pretty decent growth rates. So, yeah, I, I do it. I do it. Okay. My focus point today is based on the headline, April was a brutal month for stocks. So, how brutal was it? The S&P is off to its worst worst year since 1939. So what should you be doing about it? That's going to be our main talking point today. <clears throat> um, I also want to talk, what are what are um, consumers spending money on? What are they spending their money on? And what are they not spending their money on? There's a shift going on. So I want to talk about the shift and how it might affect us investors. Um, oil highs, oil high prices will be solved by high prices. What do I mean? This is true with anything. The solution to high prices is high prices because that destroys demand. Or, on the other hand, it increases supply. It's just not immediate. 
That's the problem. Uh, and the dollar versus gold and what are the Fed doing and how about the EU? I want to talk about all that kind of relationship a little bit. Remember, the Fed is meeting this week. It's meeting this week and it's going to bump up rates and probably a half percent. I mean, that's what kind of built into the market. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. So don't get surprised if the market doesn't react to it. Or I wouldn't be surprised if they announce a half percent increase, the market shoots up for a bit. Wouldn't surprise me a bit because it's that. Well, that's how markets react. They react before things happen. And I want to talk about three things Buffett says you should be doing right now. Warren Buffett. Okay, what did the market do today? Hey, it was an up day. It wasn't up very big. The Dow was up 67 points. The NASDAQ up 28. And the S&P up 20. Not much of a month up day for the market, but better than a down day. It was down quite a bit today. And then eked out that game toward the end of the day. So we're still in a very volatile down issue. You know, we had pretty good earnings season. It's still, you know, having this is probably the last week or so. But we had pretty last week was pretty heavy. And the week before that was pretty heavy. And then we're pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. Not enough. And remember, Everybody was looking toward the CEOs and COOs guidance for next quarter and the year into the year. They're looking for the guidance. And those guidance, they were okay, but there was some disappointing guidance from some of the bigger companies. So it wasn't that great. It wasn't bad. Earnings grew. Earnings grew nicely. I think about like 7%. Okay, which is in a normal environment, we would say, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. But not, we're not in a normal environment. We're not. We're in a Federal Reserve tightening mode environment. We're in a world a war in Russia and Ukraine, which is causing uh, problems in certain grains from Ukraine, wheat, and uh, oil and natural gas from Russia. And one other thing from Russia that no one's talked much about is fertilizer. They're a big fertilizer producer, world, worldwide producer of fertilizer, and that's all being hurt, sanctions and things. So that's how the market, what the market did today. That's what we're dealing with, and we're going to continue dealing with this not very good feeling market for a while. Just get used to it. Learn how to deal with this kind of market. Learn how to you know use it to your advantage. There are things you can do to help you. Now, we have good news for InvestTalk listeners that enjoy hearing unbiased answers to caller questions at a faster pace. We have just posted an all-new April rapid fire. When I say just, it's been out a couple weeks, a week and a half or so. There's 30 caller questions. We answer them very quickly, Justin and I. So please tell your friends and family about it. We try to get to all the questions you ask. That's an InvestTalk rapid fire podcast. And now the Vestal phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make InvestTalk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that InvestTalk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think 
you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey, guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, can I get you guys' a take on the uranium stock, specifically UEC, that's Uranium Energy Corporation. I bought UEC a while back and uh, sold part of it after it went up about 100%. Now it's settled back about 30% from where I sold it, and I'm thinking about buying some more again. Uh, I know you guys have been pretty bullish on this type of stock because of the need for clean energy. Do you guys still believe that the nuclear um, is going to become popular and keep moving forward? I uh, appreciate your answer. Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, I think it – okay, let me uh, – Politics is what gets in the way. Uh, if 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 anybody took a hard, cold look at nuclear and say, is that a, a viable clean energy source? You'd have to say yes. You'd have to say yes. Yeah, there are safety concerns, but I think much of those safety concerns have been pretty much addressed. And, you know, I don't understand why we would not want to – we need energy, and you don't want to burn oil and coal – Natural gas, well, even though I like natural gas, it's pretty clean, but not perfectly clean. Nuclear is perfectly clean energy. Now, you can tell me, well, what if there's a, you know, a leak of, 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 of gas from the – what if there's a leak of water that's contaminated? You know, that all can happen, but it's pretty darn rare, extremely rare, extreme. Think about the last time you heard about one of that happening in the United States. And we have nuclear power plants, old ones even, with old technology, not even new. So, yes, I think it's possible. I think it's a wise idea. Uh, UEC is selling for $4.57 a share. They're going to make $0.12 next year. That's finally making a profit. That's the first profit they've made. Um, but, uh, you know, it is not the strongest company. It's a high-risk play because that's the first profit they've made in years, $0.12 cents a share next year. And that doesn't justify a $4.57 stock. So they acquired a company uh, uh, in the last year. Hopefully it helps them make the profits, but they're not in the profit mode yet. So I don't know if I would get into it uh, at this point. I don't think I would. You know me, I like buying companies that are growing and have profitable sales and earnings and have a track record. Well, not much of a track record here. Okay, uh, let's see. Okay, as you know, um, my trivia question today is going to, you know, which I do every day uh, that I'm on, uh, this is about um, used cars. Okay, so we'll talk about that in a bit. How the... Yeah, well, when at the at, it comes at the halfway mark of the show, okay. Let's squeeze in an iTunes question. 
Oh, I guess apparently I don't have I don't have time for the iTunes question. We'll pick that up right after this break. So we're moving into a break, everybody. I'm here taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and we are all watching the markets go up, then down. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Peasley is here taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, we have an iTunes question I want to get to. It's from Dan. I'm looking to want to talk about diversification. I'm looking to diversify my portfolio, but don't know where to start. I'm heavily invested in tech and need to broaden my investments, but feel overwhelmed. What's your advice on identifying other sectors or stocks? Now, hopefully you're a new listener because all last year we kept saying, time to cut back on your growth and move to value stocks. Cut down your growth, and that means a lot of tech. So you still have to do it. You still, you know, you still need to cut back. You shouldn't have more than maybe 15, 18% of any of a portfolio of stocks in any one sector. Can you go to 20? Sure. But once it gets up to 22, 23, 24, you need to start rebalancing away from that sector. That means that sector is doing really, really well compared to the other sectors, and it's getting a little too heavy. So what do you do? Well, you get rid of all the tech stocks you have that don't make money. Start there. They don't make money, get rid of them. All the small cap tech stocks that haven't been working, get rid of those. You can hold on to big tech. That should produce some money. I don't know what your best is. But then I'd move over to uh, some energy stocks, some commodity-type stocks. There's still some good buys out there. Value portions of the market. Value. That's where you go. If you don't know what value portions of the market are, you need to start reading. Okay? to understand what value versus growth means. Okay? My focus point today is based on the headline, April was a brutal month for stocks. The S&P is off to the worst year since 1939. What should you be doing? Worst April, I should say. No, that's right. No, worst, worst year's start since 1939. So it's pretty bad, really. Okay. So what do we have? We have, uh, you know, the stock market is not the worst performing uh, uh, sector for April. It wasn't the worst performing asset. Guess what was? Cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. Bitcoin fell uh, about 17.8% for the full year. For the full year is down 18.1. So most of its fall was just in April. Uh, NASDAQ down 21.2, but for April, it fell 13%. S&P down uh, for April, 8.8. Okay. Uh, You know, foreign markets haven't done well either. What went up? Crude oil up uh, in April, it's up uh, 4.4%, but for the year, 39%. The dollar. Up 6.7% for the year, and for April, 4.8, most of that. And that's why gold didn't operate very well. So there's a pretty heavy headwinds out there for stocks. 
You got inflation, supply chain woes still there, but easing, growth concerns and war in Ukraine. I mean, you got, and the Fed, of course, you know, definitely raising rates, tightening money supply because they're trying to fight inflation, right? So it's tough. It is pretty tough. Um, so where's the bright spots? Where is there any bright spots? Where are they if there are any? Where are they? <laughs> okay, well, I can tell you this is the bright spots, okay? There's going to be huge, they've already announced it, huge buybacks. That's going to be the biggest buyer of stocks this year will be buybacks from corporations. They have plenty of money, plenty of profits. They're going to buy, and they've announced a lot of buying the shares out the market. That will mean earnings per share will go up because there's less shares to spread it across. Also, very large CapEx, capital expenditures, which generally translate into higher growth for companies. Higher growth, higher profits, more sales, that kind of thing. So there's where your two biggest bright spots are right now. Okay, those two things for the market. But again, we have a pretty heavy headwind, raising rates, the war, Supply chain, you got China's in trouble, you, you know, with, um, they, they, you know, shutting down various cities, uh, you know, they're, they're more trouble than we, than we have been being told because it's not being, it's not out there. They don't have a free press. They can, you know, you don't really know what's happening, but there's ways to tell. And then we know the EU is probably in a recession. Probably in a recession. The the um, various international agencies like the World Fund and other groups have docked down the growth prospects for GDP of the world. Still growing, though. Don't think it's shrinking. So we're going to see. Remember, we're going to get our first, our next Fed fund meeting this week and our second increase in the Fed funds rate. And as, a rem- and as a reminder, first they you know, they already did a quarter point and had mortgage that made mortgage rates go from three to five percent. I don't think the next raise will necessarily affect mortgage rates that much or at all. We'll see. Okay, we're coming up on the break, and here's my trivia question for the break, everybody. Purchasing a new used vehicle usually involves a lot of time, stress, and money, but there is many secrets in purchasing a car. And some, you can you know, make the process a whole lot faster, easier, and cheaper. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name three actions you can take to save your time and money when you buy that car you've been waiting for? After the break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question-and-answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. 
Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. So I have the answer to the trivia question I asked before the break. And just so you know what that trivia question was, um, um, can you name three actions you can take to save your time and money when you buy that car you've been wanting, whether it's new or used? Here are the three things. Number one, conduct a research ahead of time. Don't go out looking for the car and then do your research on it. Do it first. Look for it. You know what kind of car you want to look at. So uh, uh, already we know that 90% of car buyers do an internet search. And you have there's three places you can go that have pretty good information. Kelly Blue Book, autotrailer.com, and Edmunds to do some research. That's number one, research. Number two, something I've always done and I stress strongly for anybody else, pay cash for your car. Don't finance it. It costs too much to finance, even if it's low-cost financing. It's still too much. If you can't afford to pay cash, wait till you can. Save up your money. Save money. Then buy a car. If that means you can't buy the fancy-schmancy car you want, then don't buy a fancy-schmancy car. Lower your sights because that's all you can afford. Okay, number three, get your own financing. If you're going to finance a car, do it beforehand. Get the financing lined up. Find the cheapest financing you can find. And then say, okay, now you know you can you have a loan for a car already in place if you buy a car. Then you can go to the dealer and see what kind of financing they offer. See if it's better. Remember, finance charges are expensive. You're spending a lot more for a car, just like your house when you buy a house, when you buy a mortgage. But, you know, a house is an appreciated item, an item where a car is a depreciated item. So I'd rather finance the house. It appreciates. I can leverage I up. So those are the three things you can do, everybody. And it's not that hard. Did you also, how long do you think, how many cars do you think people are going to own in a lifetime? How many? Do you have a number in your head? Well, according to CNBC, who did an article on it or a piece on it, it's uh, 9.4 cars per lifetime. And Americans are holding on to the cars a lot longer. The days of four or five years and then go buy a new car is over. Now, the average is up to 11 and a half years. Well, I will say this. I got a couple of cars that are over 30 years old. So... <laughs> I mean, I have had them long time. Okay. Let's pivot back to Invest Our Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from Florida, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. This is Chris from Florida. I had a question about Shopify. I know this is obviously in the growth of your names. However, I do remember Justin mentioning, you know, sub 500 is something that could get him excited about. And the past couple of days, it's been kind of bouncing from, 417, 419 to like 440. Just wondering if around now is a time to pick some up or if we can wait a little bit and watch this thing go lower. As I've heard uh, Steve say, that uh, don't rush to get into these stocks at this point. Appreciate everything you do. Look forward to hearing the answer on the show. Have a good day. Well, it's at a pretty decent support area right now, 465. 
And I know that's what Justin was looking at. Uh, this is a high-growth stock, Shopify, everybody, S-H-O-P. Uh, sales growing 40-plus percent per quarter, 41, 46, 57, 110, 94. That's going backwards every quarter. So it's growing very, very strong. They're, ma- they're going to make $4.18 next year. That means it's a pretty darn expensive stock, right, at $465 per share. Very expensive. So it's the growth that you're buying. And, of course, we are in a market that doesn't favor growth. It's value that the market's favoring. So this stock used to be 1400 more than that. Now it's at 465 So is it a buy? Well, I can tell you it's at support. Maybe you should buy half now and see if it holds, because I would rather see you be patient, even though it is near, at support areas. I'd rather see you be patient on. SHOP is a symbol, everybody. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Love to take a car. What what are consumers spending money on? What they're not spending money on is all of a sudden is uh, big ticket items. Talking about cars and even houses are starting to slow down, right? I mean, we know the the bloom is off the pedal here on the housing market, but more so on the vehicles. They're not buying it. So what are they there? They're not buying They're buying more service items, service things. What does that mean? Restaurants, movies, you know, experiences, vacations. That's where they're spending money on. Where are they going? And this came from the most recent retail sales report. That's where we're getting that information from. So people are trying to get out and do stuff, you know, and that's it's showing up in what they spend money on. So think about that when it comes to investments. Where should I concentrate on? Don't. I wouldn't concentrate on automobiles and the related products or, or housing at this point. With interest rates rising, that's not a good thing. Okay, so that's, I think, where you need to be. And we can talk about high oil prices, high oil prices. We know it's over $100 a barrel. You know, we know that you're paying, you know, we're paying here in Southern California $6 a gallon. And so what does that, what happens? Well, that means, and we all know, the oil companies are making a killing. Well, they like making a killing, so they're trying to get more supply. Of course, more supply means reduced prices, but what happened is supply from Russia is squeezed out. So, you know, it's hard to start pumping more, but you can see capital expenditures by oil companies ratcheting up, and that eventually means we'll get more supply. Okay, and that means prices will come down. So you've seen increases in prices from all sorts of big oil companies. Brazil, new, new findings off of Brazil is going to increase their, their production here by 7 or 8%. Now, I know you think, well, that's not much. Well, it is quite a bit. You know, you just can't just decide to turn on a tap and you get more oil. You have to find it. Then you have to drill it. You gotta, it's, it's a process. And move it, it's a huge process. And you heard me talk about Guyana and Sierra Leone, big oil finds off their coasts. Uh, I mean, huge fields. So that supply is going to be coming in the next few years. So there's going to be more supply, and that will probably solve our oil, quote-unquote, crisis. And, you know, whether Russia's oil flows back into the supply or not, we'll see. Remember, Russia is still selling its oil to China and India. They're still buying Russia oil. So, 
you know, it still will be added to the pot. But that's what's going on out there. I think you'll find oils may have peaked for this cycle. There might be another cycle coming up. You know, will that war spread? That that could be a problem. But we'll, I don't think so. I think we might have seen the peak of this cycle. No one knows that. It's just a pure speculation on my part. But Okay, another, let's go to another iTunes question from Edgy Ice. Question, T-W-L-O, let me move this out of the way, T-W-L-O, uh, which is uh, uh, Twillow Inc. out of San Francisco provides a cloud-based platform that enables developers to build, scale, and operate real-time communications. So, TLO is currently at 52-week low. In your opinion, is this a buy? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a $112 stock. They're going to make $0.21 cents next year. They lost, they're going to lose $0.47 cents a share this year. They lost $0.25 cents a share last year. And again, another growth stock. And people, I'm telling you, you're focused too much on growth. This stock used to be $340 to $400 a share. Now it's 112 Is it cheap? Well, it's only going to make $0.21. Cents. It's not cheap. It's still expensive. I think I think it's going to fall further. I think it's going to fall down to the $80 area at the very least. That's what I think. So what is it worth? Well, not much. They're only making $0.21 a share. I mean, it's just not worth a lot of money. Um, the sales growth is still pretty strong. That's great. But... Um, I wouldn't buy it. Not for me. Okay, just not. Okay, so I think it's worth uh, taking a minute or two to talk about KPP Financial, what benefits Justin and I can provide to you as clients from our firm, KPP Financial. We're based in Irvine, California. That's between Orange County and San and L.A. County. In, oh, no. That's between San Diego County and L.A. County in Orange County. We're in the south part of Orange County, but that's where we are. Um, so how do we? How do we? How are we different? You know, our philosophy: independent thinking, shared success. How, well, how do we? How do we implement that? First of all, it's all about unbiased guidance. We don't have any bias. No one buys us. No one provides information to persuade us to buy or sell any kind of companies. We don't accept any of that. We practice parallel investing where we buy and sell the same things for you as we do for ourselves at the same price, same percentage, same time, so that we're on the same side of the table as you, as you the client. Um, so we, we think that's important, very very rarely done in our industry. Uh, we have certain investment strategies, five to be specific, and it goes from very non-risky to very risky depending on what you want to do. What, what you're comfortable with. So if you want to talk to us and have us take a look at your portfolio, we'd be happy to give you a call, go to a Skype meeting or whatever. We'll be happy to do that. Send us a message through investtalk.com. Easy enough to do. Or call KPP Financial in Irvine, California. Easy enough to do. And after speaking with us for about 10 minutes, you'll begin to see how I and Justin make a little bit, are different, just a bit different. 
Um, we are truly are different, and we really, really do want to help you, the investor, even if you want to do it yourself. We'll still help you with that. You know, we'll help you. We won't pick stocks for you. We won't tell you what to sell and buy, but we'll help you manage a portfolio and how to teach you how to do it. That's what this show is about, too, you know, teach you how to do things. This Invest Talk, everybody. Justin and I thank you for downloading our podcast and telling your friends and family about us. So we're going to play another caller question next, so just hang on. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. When do I know the right time to take profits? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. So don't forget to call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Hello, Stephen Justin. My name is Paige. I'm calling about ticker symbol PAX, Patria Investments Limited. I learned about this stock from an article about a new economic order, if Ray Dalio is correct. Um, this stock invests in Latin America, and I don't have much exposure in foreign markets, so very curious about what you think about fund the stock. Thank you so much. But Patina Investments, it's a uh, company out of the Cayman Islands. And I'll warn you for companies out of the islands, Cayman Islands and another set of islands out there have historically been known to have a lot of corruption. So just, just know that. Cayman Island-based company engaged in advisory services, consulting, and planning services. I already have my hackles up a little bit. That makes me nervous. Uh, they're going to make money uh, uh, this year, $1.05 a share, and they said they're going to make money next year, $1.45 a share. Um, it's a $2 billion company doing about $46 million a quarter in sales. Uh, it's a $16 stock. So it's fairly inexpensive, but one of the reasons is because of the danger of dealing with these offshore companies pays a really nice dividend 5.3 percent uh and cash huge cash flow at two dollars and 24 cents huge return on equity of 39 percent so the first question you'll ask yourself why is it so cheap it's growing 40 percent sales has huge return on equity huge cash flow pays a 5.3 percent dividend and yet the pe is what 15 16 Seems a little suspicious to me. I would, I would very carefully look into this. I, I wouldn't do it. It's a fairly new company. It came out in March of 2021 IPO, and the IPO was you know twenty twenty to twenty three dollars a share, not sixteen. I'd stay away from it. To uh, it's the where it is worries me greatly. Cayman Islands. Okay, just let you know. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay. Um, dollar uh, is really one of the strongest performers for the month of April was the dollar against other currencies. And that man's gold was probably the weaker of the returns because the dollar was so strong, even though inflation is real high. The Fed is going to raise rates. So... This relationship between the dollar, gold, and Fed 
And the war in Ukraine is going to push Japan and Europe probably into recessions, just so you know. So, you know, will they lead us into a recession or will we be the ones that be able to stay out of it? That's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. This is Invest.com, Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. Whatever that means to you, however money, much money that is, we want to help you get there. And the work will continue right after the break here. So 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is here to help. And when you download the free InvestTalk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART. This is Becky in Kansas City, and I am a landlord. My question has to do with insuring residential rental properties, and I'm wondering about going with uh, liability only on them. It just seems like the uh, profits are being becoming less and less because the taxes are going higher and higher and the insurance rates are going higher and higher on the properties, but the rents haven't gone up. So I was trying to figure out if we could cut back on the amount of insurance we have on the rental properties. Some say just have liability only. What's your opinion? Love your show. Thank you. Bye. Okay. First of all, if you are uh, if the properties have a financing of any kind, you can't. You got to have fire insurance. So she's talking about liability versus fire. So if the property burns down or gets damaged, there's no coverage for it. you. Got to pay for that out of your pocket. But if someone gets hurt on the property, liability will take care of that. So um, I would. So first of all, if it's if it's a finance property, you have to have fire insurance. They won't allow that. If it's owned outright, you can choose not to have fire insurance on a property and liability only. But I would not suggest that. I would suggest fire uh, insurance on the property because you're renting it to people. And they're not necessarily careful with your property. Maybe a way to reduce insurance is reduce if you have uh, several properties, you can have lower liability limits and then buy excess insurance, umbrella insurance on all the properties, and you might lo- be able to lower your premium uh, that way. So, you know, maybe have 300000 liability coverage on all the properties and then have a million dollars of uh, umbrella on top of that. And the premium versus getting a million-dollar liability policy on each property would be much cheaper if you do the umbrella route. And, and, you know, you need enough liability insurance to protect your assets, your personal assets. So I would not recommend not. I would recommend you keep the fire policy on the property. Good question, though. You know, as I know as landlords, I used to own property, and I I had several pieces, and it, it was no fun. So why I don't own it, sold it years ago. Anyways, uh, Buffett has some suggestions. Warren Buffett, he's getting up there in age, you know that, but his ideas are still very sound. He has three suggestions when you're buying stocks. First, do your research. Do your own research. Have research. You got to understand what company, what the company does. And that's number two. Buy companies you understand. That's one of the reasons why he never bought 
tech companies for years and years and years and years. He didn't understand how they how they worked, and he said so. It wasn't me telling you that he wasn't smart enough. No, he just didn't understand and didn't bother himself with it. And the third thing is buy when others are fearful. That's his old saying. Well, that's hard to know when are they fearful. Well, how you recognize is when the stock market gets crushed. He loves buying in the depths of a bear market in a recession. He will spend big bucks. Warren Buffett last year, the year before, has produced a lot of cash. He made big investments in some oil companies, value stocks, and he is a value investor. That's his forte. So, and since he is the world's best investor over many, many decades, I would suggest, you know, we pay heed to what he's talking about. So, I, you know, we at KPP like to buy value stocks with some growth prospects. We like those two combinations, value plus growth, but emphasis on value. Okay? But that, you know, last 10 years, growth has been the huge winner. But will they be the next 10 years? See. I don't think so. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us if you do download with iTunes. We would love a positive rating, but it's up to you. Positive ratings help our help our profile a lot. We like that. Every podcaster does. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk, everybody, and have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.